days, many of us are heavily dependent on our trusty sat-navs to get where we want to go. But looking at these devices whilst driving is incredibly dangerous and can lead to car accidents. Psychologists from Anglia Ruskin University are hoping to minimise the dangers of using this technology by incorporating audio cues with in-car GPS to forewarn the driver of the lay of the land. I'm Tamsin Bell and I met with Dr Helen Keyes to hear what's driving their work. I was quite excited by the idea that so many people have GPS in their cars and how could we possibly use this for road safety purposes? So obviously we all use GPS for navigational purposes, but I think there's more we could harness there. And I'm interested in seeing in my study, could we use the audio from GPS to prime or prompt drivers to respond more safely and accurately to the road environment? And what did you find out from this research? So I found that, yes, indeed, we can use audio to prime drivers. So we had previously known that we can use visual road signs to prompt or prime drivers. And this can be very effective if you see a road sign, for example, with a turn symbol just before a road turn. We know that that will help you to respond more quickly and accurately to that turn. So I wanted to see, could we use audio, GPS to do that? And it turns out we can. And another interesting finding um, that came from the study was if we present information in visual and audio at the same time, it helps drivers respond even more quickly. And uh, how was this study carried out? So if you were my participant, I would need you to be a driver who has a clean license for at least two years, so to be an experienced driver. So we used road signs to prompt you, we used audio GPS like turn left to prompt you, or we used a combination of both. And you would be presented, for example, with an image of a road turn sign immediately followed by an image of a road turn. And your task would be to indicate whether the road turn was a left or right turn by pressing a button. In your study, it doesn't matter what the audio prompt actually said, it still improved people's response time. Can you um, comment on that? This was an unexpected finding. If the audio prompt, for example, said turn left and the picture of the road bend was a right turn, the prompt still encouraged people to respond faster um, to that road turn than they would have responded had there been no prime. And I found this a bit confusing at first because it's, it's, it's mismatched information. How is this helping somebody to respond faster? And it looks like when you have a visual prime, so a, a picture of an arrow followed by a road bend, that visual tie is very strong. However, people aren't quite so good at associating the word left with the visual direction left. In fact, about a third of people in the UK really struggle with attaching meaning to left and right in terms of what direction it is. So we think it was the use of the word turn that was prompting people. Because when we just said hello as the control condition, that didn't improve performance. But when we said turn, even if it was the wrong direction, it just prompted people to get ready to turn to make that decision. Yeah, I think I'm certainly within that one third of the population. I always have to use my hands to go left or right. So why do you think this effect of having multiple sensors improves our response time? We know that from a huge swathe of multisensory research that any time you present information that's giving the same message in two different senses or even more than two senses, it decreases the amount of time your brain takes to process that information. So you can think about something like listening to someone speak. We know um, that if you are watching someone's lips moving at the same time as listening to them, you get more accurate information about the speech and you can process that fast. And the same principle applies across the board. Multisensory perception is preferred by the brain. Yeah, I definitely have that when I'm trying to speak French. Over the phone is so difficult, but it's much easier when I can read someone's lips and look at the person. Absolutely. <laughs> I often get confused when I'm using my sat-nav, when it says turn left, but there's actually just a bend in the road. How can we improve the language included in these systems? 
So that's why we like to test in the lab because it's very difficult to test on road. There's so many factors going on around. There's hazards, there's people around you. If we test in a lab to see if, for example, using the phrase left or veer left or something like that shaves milliseconds off your response, we know that we can then start to implement that in the real world. I was wondering, do factors such as age or gender or variation in driving experience affect the results of your study? They absolutely do. And that's something I'm really keen to explore next. So gender isn't that big an influence on driving as people seem to think it is. But age is a massive predictor of driving mistakes and of driving errors. There is a loss of speed of reaction for older drivers. What are the overall implications of your study? These devices are so ubiquitous. More than 75% of drivers currently use them. We should be looking at how they can be used for road safety, not just navigational purposes. And what do you think are the next steps for your field of research? We need to continue looking at lab-based research like we're doing to look at the tiny tweaks that can shave milliseconds off responses. Then we need to test that on tracks to see how it works for real-world drivers. And then eventually we need to test it on the road. That was Dr Helen Keyes from Anglia Ruskin University. And these results have just been published in the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology.